WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Reggie Bush, the former running back, was on the NFL Network, and he criticized the Steelers for looking past Jacksonville in the playoffs. Their verbiage certainly betrayed them in that regard beforehand, and because the turnout wasn't perfect in OTAs. And Bush said maybe you got to look at the coach and trace that back to the coach. Bush also criticized Antonio Brown for skipping most of OTAs and because A.B. said he didn't want to catch passes from the backup, you know, with Ben not there. Reggie made a good point, like, what if the backup has to play? What if Ben gets hurt? Now, uh, I don't agree with the OTAs diatribe. OTAs are optional. You don't have to be there, so don't criticize anybody who isn't. As I mentioned yesterday, Ben's 36, A.B.'s 29. At this point in both their careers, especially Ben's, rest probably helps more than work. But I agree with the other stuff. We don't question Tomlin in the Pittsburgh media because there's no point to it. He's not going anywhere, won't get fired, and he's not going to change. But Tomlin has fostered a culture that, honestly, is not going to win another Super Bowl. I don't think. It's not just the player's culture. It is a player's culture gone overboard. But it won't change. Reggie Bush talked about Tomlin affecting a culture change, and I laughed out loud. Tomlin won't do that. He doesn't see that as a problem. Sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. One thing I feel absolutely comfortable in saying, if the Tomlin era comes and goes, and he's only won one Super Bowl, his era will be seen as having underachieved. Just like, quite honestly, and I'm a Cower fan, Bill Cower and his era underachieved. To have the resources that those two have each had to work with, and only win one Super Bowl, that pretty much defines underachieving. So there's some good Steelers offseason talk. You can check out the video of what Reggie Bush had to say on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Delaware starts legalized sports betting on Tuesday. I think they're the first to institute it, to get it ready to go. Uh, By the time we get it started in PA, everybody will have moved to Delaware. Hey, now there's finally a reason to visit Delaware. Mark Eaton uh, on the Penguins' 09 Stanley Cup winner, I believe he's still the only NHL player ever to hail from Delaware. Eats doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who will turn into a gambling junkie now that this is available, but, hey, you you never know. Um, Oh, the donut thing. I forgot to mention, and I'm very remiss. Peace, love, and little donuts are brilliant. So they're the gourmet donut specialist in Pittsburgh. They're number one for that. Duncan, number one for just, like, if you were going to go and get and eat 4,000 donuts, you'd go to Duncan. And wash it all down with coffee. And why hasn't anybody sent over decaf yet? Uh, Primani Brothers now has a sandwich that will include Mrs. T's pierogies on the sandwich. Look, I love Primani's, and I love Mrs. T's pierogies, but but that's overkill. 
But then that's what they said about Motorhead. Hey, uh, was LeBron wearing shorts with a suit last night? Like, were the shorts made out of the same material as the suit jacket? That right there is why the Cavs lost game one. Sorry, no shorts with a suit. I don't care if you are the best basketball player of all time. Uh, all these topics can be discussed. Just dial 412-333-WXDX. Oh, wait, this just in. That sandwich with the pierogies on it is called the Polish Hill. That's too corny a name. Like, you know what I like about Primanti's sandwiches? Like, the big fish is called the Colossal. That's what I want, a name like that. Uh, it's a big concert weekend here in Pittsburgh. Tomorrow you've got X-Fest at Key Bank with Jack White headlining, which I would like to go to. Jack White is brilliant, a Latter-day Jimmy Page. But I got a lot of trips scheduled to Key Bank, and, and that's a tough venue for somebody that's old and fat. And there's too many opening acts, so I'll leave X-Fest to the kids. Uh, also, Kenny Chesney at Heinz Field, which I would not attend at gunpoint. Every jackass in the world will be a Kenny Chesney and urinating in public, too. And then there's Journey and Def Leppard at the uh, PPG Paints Arena, which I will be attending. I will not stop believing. They're doing a, a co-headline tour. And they're switching who opens and closes every night. If you're a Lep fan, get there early tomorrow because Leopard's on first with Journey on last. And unless he rejoined the tour in the last 24 hours, Journey's going to be missing Phil Collin, uh, their longtime guitar player. Apparently his wife is is due to give birth. And uh, I forget the guy's name. Steve Braun, I think it is. Yeah, Steve Braun. Uh, he's filled in a couple times before, like when Viv Campbell had to leave the tour to get cancer treatment. I think that was 2013. Steve Braun was in a group called Trickster, which was like this, you know, B-list, maybe even C-list hair metal band from back in the 80s. I'm glad for the guy. How cool is that when you're in, got to be like in his 50s, maybe early 60s, and he's finally hitting the jackpot. He's finally stepping out there in front of all those people. That's awesome. If I'd have known he was, you know, doing that gig in place to fill for a couple weeks, I would have wanted him on the show. Steve, if you're listening, call the show right now, 412-333-WXDX. If anyone is in town with Lep, get Steve to call the show, 412-333-WXDX. A Journey and Def Leppard were each the biggest band in the world for a considerable length of time. You can't beat the songbooks, that's for sure. And getting back to the Reggie Bush thing, his comments. Here in Pittsburgh, when we hear somebody in the media put Tomlin on blast, we kind of like flinch because it just doesn't happen here. Oh, there's all kinds of nickel-dime criticism, like from talk show callers, and a lot of that is racially tinged, for sure. But when's the last time a newspaper columnist wrote a column like, Tomlin's gotta go? When was the last time you saw that headline? Because Tomlin just can't get fired. Everyone knows it. The media knows it. And it corrupts the local coverage. And when Reggie Bush says what he said, like I said, you, you kind of flinch. Even if it's true. Maybe especially because it's true. 
and Reggie Bush did nail Kim Kardashian, and she's on Trump's cabinet, so you got to take what Reggie says seriously. But I won't let love disrupt, corrupt, or interrupt me. Change my friend to enemies and show me how it's all my fault. Great song by Jack White. But up next, he is the king of old school. We talk to John Steigerwald. Staggy in studio on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Brand, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio, 40-year broadcasting veteran, noted author. He is the king of old school, John Steigerwald. Stag. Today is National Donut Day. Have you treated yourself yet? No, I uh, I'm actually losing weight. I've lost about twelve pounds in the last month, and uh, I don't eat one donut. If I'm going to eat donuts, that's always been my problem. I eat five, and there, I'm not kidding you. I eat four or five. There are eat. three or four dozen donuts as we speak in yeah. the in I, I the kitchen, that, yeah. and I could if I thought I could go in there and eat one, I would. But it's either none or five, so today I'm going to if, stick. If I go over there, that. I eat at least four, maybe five. Now, you know, way back when the Steelers had the draft uh, on Tuesday mornings, a million years ago, it was a Tuesday morning at like 9 o'clock. They used to have the greatest, I don't know where they came from, They had the everybody in the media knew about it. You went there draft day morning, and they had the greatest donut spread of all time. Where were they from? I don't know. I mean, I just remember they were great. So I did a piece one time for TV uh, on uh, the best donut. Uh, I, I went and I wound and talked to guys in the media. I say, now, when you come in here on draft day, do you have a, a donut in mind or do you go for the best donut available? It was a good That's piece. That's good stuff. Yeah, well, I, got, well, I, I got everybody it, to do it. It's weird how stuff affects your judgment. And maybe this is why I weigh over 300 pounds. Yeah. When I go to Vegas, I often stay at the New York, New York Casino. And one reason is their coffee shop, America, their 24-7 restaurant. Yeah has the best donuts in the world. Well, you know, I got a place up in Canada, and uh, Tim Hortons is four minutes away. In the little oh, town... Oh, they're great, too. I wish we had yeah, them here. Little town of, of, uh, that we, where our place is, I'm not kidding you, it's, it's the size of Dormont, maybe. I'm trying to think of a place that people can relate to. There are like three Tim Hortons within a mile of each other. <laughs> and, and, and when I go there, I eat five, four or five well, that, donuts. That's like, that's like Houston. I don't know why. But in Houston, Hooters are like McDonald's. Yeah. There's like one every every half mile or so. Now, to get the stuff that people actually, actually care about. want to hear us talk <laughs> about, yeah, I got a few pirate questions. How damaging was that loss in St. Louis last night, blowing that lead in the ninth? And do the Pirates need a new close? Because Vasquez ain't the same since he became Vasquez. Now, uh, you know, when a guy says he has arm trouble and then says, I think I'm okay, and then he comes in and can't get anybody out, it's he's, not, he's not okay. It's not a good sign. Um, I think... And this may sound ridiculous. It's what is it? It is June first, right? I I don't think there are any damaging games left for the Pirates. I think they're done. I don't. They're six games out. You know, six and a half, right? Yeah, you know, I know, and I know they know. When I say they, I mean the front office. They know they ain't going nowhere this year. They see the team they have. They're six and a half games out. There's a bunch of, there's like, what are they, three or four teams ahead of them? Oh, I, I agree. They're I think not, not only will they not get another close, I think they'll trade Josh Harrison before the deadline, especially given how bad the attendance has been. Yeah, why would you, why, I mean, the, the trading deadline is going to get here pretty quickly, uh, a couple months, and, and uh, the team since their 11-4 and four start is like a four-game below 500 team since April. 
middle of April, they ain't going anywhere. And um, they know it. I know how baseball teams think, and they, they look at their team. They know they're not going anywhere. Well, and this was a watershed week in proving that because they got emasculated by Anthony Rizzo and the Cubs, and, and now they blew that that lead last night in St. Louis. And, and those are games that have repercussions far beyond the and if, the one loss call. And of course they blew the, some games against the you know when we looked at the schedule against the crap ago, teams. We said, well, they got these crap teams and then they got the Cubs and the Cardinals, they better make some hay and then they didn't. You know, right, so right. They, they and that will haunt them as well. Now, I want to talk about Clint Hurdle's lineup selection because before that game last night, uh, Austin Meadows was 10 for his last 22 with four home runs. Polanco was 0 for his last 22. Why did Polanco play and not Meadows? Now, Polanco did get three hits last night, yeah. but that's just getting lucky. That's still the wrong decision. Well, if managers get mad at you for second-guessing them, then you can you can first-guess them, if that's the term. I did. Yeah. When the, lineup, when the lineup came out yesterday. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sorry, three hits doesn't prove it's the no, right move. No, it just doesn't. No, I, I don't. I mean, he rested him, uh, I think, Saturday. He was the hottest hitter in Austin, the National League. I would let Austin Meadows play till he stops hitting. That's a, and what is he? And then I'd play him a little bit longer. Twenty three, right? Young guy. Play him one hundred and ninety six games this year if you can figure <laughs> out how to do it. He's twenty three. Yeah. Put him in a lineup. Now he's going to cool off. I don't think he's going to hit four forty five. Why rest him until he cools off? Don't you don't. And and if you do want to get Polanco in, figure out a way to keep Meadows in. Well, right. Well, no, I, I would have a problem a with Polanco being the fourth outfielder and, you know, getting, you know, I don't know, starting three out of every ten games, yeah. something like that. And, you know, one outfielder sits out for each of those, th- for each uh, one time yeah. to make up those three out of ten. But uh, I, I just didn't like that. And th- that also begs the question, why is Sean Rodriguez on the team at all? He hit 167 last year. He's hit 174 this season. His slash line is vile. And yet he's been in the starting lineup for 20 games out of 56. I mean, come on. Yeah, but what's his exit velocity been when he's been hitting the ball? Because that's a that's. I know when he game. goes 0 for 5, he can't get out of the locker room fast enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I just, I, I, it always amazes me when, and maybe because of the Pirates and what we've dealt with with them for the last 20 years or more. Um, when you have a guy hitting 167 after he's just finished a season that he hit 174, you mean there's not somebody somewhere in your minor leagues that, that you can bring up and hit 175 and get rid of the guy? Well, well, or here's my other option. If you feel the need to keep Rodriguez because amazingly he's making $5.75 because that That's absurd contract he got from Atlanta as a free agent with the Pirates for some reason felt the need to get back. Yeah. Uh, if you want to keep him because you're paying him, I get it because you've got to pay him right. no matter what. But just make him the proverbial 25th guy. Yeah. Where he pinch runs, plays defense sometimes, yeah. where he maybe gets like 70 at bats in the season, but he started 20 of their 56 games. That tells you what kind of team they have. And I don't, I, I don't even buy that idea that, well, you're paying him, you got to pay him anyway. So right. why compound the fact that you have to pay him by having a, a player who stinks? You're yeah. right, but, but that's sports. I logic. know that's how they do it. And, and, and you know, the amazing thing about this, Mark, you just threw out the number he's making. Five, was he 575? 5.75 million. That's $5,750,000. That is $100,000 a year for 50 years. That's what he's making this year. <laughs> and he's going to make, I'm sure he's got it, what, uh, unless he's done, is his contract up after this year? It is. That's $100,000 a year I bet they for 50 him. years. Not at that price, but I, no. I bet they resign him. Now, here's more on Rodriguez. He came in late for defense last night. Well, pinch run and then went in for D and made an error in the middle of that ninth <laughs> inning. And he has a bobblehead night 
on June 23rd. He's hitting 174, and he has a bobblehead. Oh, I hope that bobblehead's yes. bat is broken, Stag, or at least limp. <laughs> Come on. It's, you got to be kidding me. He's no. got a bobblehead. Yes. Coming I up. mean, I remember when, you know. Good tickets still available. I try to think of when, like, when the first bobbleheads came out. I don't know. You remember when bobbleheads started? But, I mean, if somebody was going to get a bobblehead. Mid-90s, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. They, they, actually, they were around in the 60s and 70s, but they weren't giveaways. They were, like, kind of specialty yeah, yeah. souvenirs. Right. And then they decided, and they were hey. usually they were usually the mascot of the team. Yeah. Like, there was, like, a buccaneer bobblehead. But if it was a, but if you got a bucklehead, it was it was Dave Parker bobblehead, not a a. a a bobblehead night, or it was some player that you really, really had. I wouldn't, you know, and after I, it after wasn't the a age, guy hitting 174. Yeah, after the age of, I'd say maybe eight, I didn't care about bobbleheads, but, <laughs> but, but when they did have them, um, you know, it was Pete Rose bobblehead night. It, 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 come on. He's not, he doesn't, come on. He doesn't have a bobblehead. Well, now, here, here's another good question that, that yeah, kind of tags along with the bobblehead thing. Sean Rodriguez is very popular in Pittsburgh. I get a lot of tweets defending him despite him hitting 174. Yeah. How does a player who's so obviously a bum become popular? It seems to happen a lot here in Pittsburgh, too. Is he good? I guess he's good looking. Uh, the women like him? I, I don't know. Well, I, his nickname's Serpico. He looks like Al yeah, Pacino I know. and Serpico. I, those kind of guys used to get booed. I, I don't I don't actually I actually don't I actually don't agree with booing somebody like that. I, I agree only with booing somebody who's not trying. If a guy is hitting 075 and he's hustling, well, I, I, I don't boo him. Because he beat up the water cooler. Remember that? Yeah, that was a long time ago. He yeah. started the wild card game in 15. Yeah. He got pulled out before he even had an at bat. Yeah. Then there was a bench emptying fight, and he got ejected further, and he beat up the water cooler. Yeah, and he's hitting 175. Not exactly Mazeroski <laughs> no. in 1960. No, I don't think there'll be a statue of him like. With a with his bat raised above a batter, a, a water cooler. <laughs> uh, we're talking to John Steigerwald, brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Are the Pirates in free fall? Are they collapsing right now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, not you know. I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna all of a sudden be below the Reds. They're f- fortunate to have the Reds in the division with them, which uh, they're really bad and and really. One, one thing I feel comfortable in saying. They are plummeting out of contention and won't be back. That's what I mean. That's why I said earlier they're six and a half games out. Trust me. When when Neil Huntington drives down the Parkway to work to, uh, this morning or tomorrow morning, or no, he's in St. Louis now probably. But anyway, when he when he shows up at the ballpark, he knows they're done. He knows he knew going in they had little or no chance of doing anything, and he even knew that when they were eleven and four. He's a baseball guy. He's been around. He knows they play one hundred and sixty two games. While the fans here were jumping up and down and getting mad at people like you and me for pointing out that they were you know that it was a little early, those guys know. They, and and they'll, they'll put on the happy face when they do an interview and say they love the way the ball uh, club looks and, you know, we think we can, we, can stay, we can stay in contention for a wild guard, blah, blah, blah. They're six and a half games out on June 1st. They're done, and they know it. And, and by the way, are you, have you started working on your uh, PNC Park Media Wall of Fame uh, acceptance speech, induction speech yet? No, have you? <laughs> no. No, I don't good, think good, gonna invite good me. for Stan. I do. Oh, great. I'm happy Grant, for Stan. Yeah, yeah. And, Not and, for anybody else, but yeah, I'm happy for Stan. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, this just in, Stag, uh, you, you don't care, but I'm told Phil Collin has already returned to the Def Leppard tour. He was absent because his wife delivered a child. Oh, so he's back. I heard he'll, you talking. He'll about be there tomorrow night. Yeah, I'd still like to talk to the substitute guy, the, the guy from Trickster, which is just a terrible band name. Uh, Reggie Bush was on the NFL Network, the former back. And he criticized Tomlin for the Steelers' attitude and culture. Now, he's right, but that's foreign to hear here in Pittsburgh because we know he won't fix it, 
and we know he won't get fired. And I think that really corrupts the way we report on Tomlin and the Steelers. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I said last year that, that what he had done with the team last year made him the second best coach in Steelers history um, behind Chuck Nolan ahead of, and moved ahead of Bill Cowher. But um, was his winning percentage is, is undeniable. But Yeah, he hasn't had a losing think, season yet. That's pretty good. I think if he only wins one Super Bowl, given the resources he's had to work with, his era will be seen as having underachieved. Yeah, uh, I think you could say that. And, and um, you know, the call that went against him for Jesse James last year, uh, that, was, that wasn't, you know, it's kind of hard to blame that on the yeah, head coach. But it's but, always something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, if you always lose, it doesn't matter if the reasons are good. You're still always losing. Yeah, and that I, game, I should say. And I, that and game. I, I agree with you that the that um, it would be refreshing to see. See, B- Bill Belichick. Somebody, I forget who it was. I just saw it a couple of days ago online somewhere. Somebody said that they don't have any fun in in New England. And if you're a fan, that's what you want your players to say. We're not having any fun as long as they're winning. Yeah, I'm not uh, concerned at all. I don't care how much, much fun, fun you're having. I'm a fan. I want I you to win. I would think that making a lot more than I do would be reward in and of itself. And winning would be fun. Yes. And now, does that mean you don't get to play hide and seek after a touchdown? Well, you know, maybe you <laughs> ought to grow up. Well, the thing with Tomlin is, I think Tomlin's a good coach. Right. And I sure don't think he should be fired. I do think ownership could be more demanding and maybe hold him accountable in some ways more Yeah, often. but how do you hold him accountable? What do you do? I mean, he's – I mean, what – how do you – how do you – what what do you do to? Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, and neither do you. No, that's apparently. what I was trying to say. I mean, how how do you how do you get them to change? What do you threaten them See, with? I, I just hate their culture. I hate it, and that might be just an old white dude not liking you know how young yeah. black guys act. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope that's not it, but it might be. I I can't dismiss my subconscious or the evil thoughts of one zero five nine commenter. More on that later. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I would still like it if there was more of a disconnect between coach and player. Because that's just what I believe works. Well, I, it would be nice when it would have been nice, and it would be nice now if, if uh, going into this season, he would go to guys and say, "Listen, I'm, we're going to try something different. Let's let's try being really professional." And I know everybody else likes to do the celebrations and all the stuff that you guys think I'm is not wonderful. Concerned about the celebrations? No, but I mean just, I, I just the whole think, the whole look at me stuff. I just and think just, the constant circus act atmosphere of the Steelers. Well, that's part of it, though. Just all all the chaos. Um, yeah. Now, uh, how about J.R. Smith of the Cleveland Cavaliers yeah. not knowing what the score was at the end of regulation last night? How can that possibly happen? If you are playing, um, I don't know, fourth grade basketball, you're supposed to know. You should know what the score is at the end right. of the game. Uh, you're an N, not only are you an NBA player, you're an NBA player on one of the best teams, and you're playing in the NBA Finals, and you don't, you forget. There is a scoreboard, right? A couple of them in the building. A bunch of them. Yeah. You don't know the score. I mean, that is just, that's just, I mean, you know, you hear about a guy forgetting how many outs there are or something like that, you know, and running a base. That's stupid. But the score, and and it's the game, if if you understand the score and you figure it out and you get that rebound, you, it means you're going to maybe win the game by understanding what the score you is. you had a chance to be the hero. By making a playoff right. that rebound? Right. Instead, you're the biggest jackass in <laughs> in history. Uh, I want to get to this before we're done real okay. quick. Uh, I talked about this uh, a moment ago. The U.S. Women's National Soccer Team is wearing uniforms this month to honor Pride Month, uh, LGBTQ. Yeah. And, and a player declined to play because her Christian beliefs dictate against her participating in that support. Who's right and who's wrong? Because 
I'm not sure anybody is. This may be the rare legitimate stalemate. Yeah, I admire her, first of all, for uh, being someone who claims to be a person of faith and, and, and putting her money where her mouth is in that in that regard, which well, you know, I would imagine it's a pretty big deal being on that team, and she's willing to pass it it's up a over huge that. Deal, yes. Yeah, so and uh, she has played for it before, right? So and I, I, and I hope this doesn't cost her future opportunities because that would be unfair. I give her credit, but here's what here's something. This may be off the wall a little bit, but you know, we have situations in schools now where where someone who who claim who claims to be a woman or a, a, a boy, someone who's transgender, girl. yes. But but they or they no they just yeah either they already are transgender or they they're just they they're have the identity issue yeah yeah and the entire school has to change their bathroom policy so what, uh, that staggy that has nothing to do with no, this. yes yes it does listen let me finish this woman has a diff, her her she has a a religious issue that is a problem why is it any different to accommodate her being the one person with that issue than it is for accommodating well, someone I mean, else in, in terms of her not wearing the rainbow yeah. numbers and so forth yeah. Uh, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, okay. you can't you can't accommodate her. Say, hey, you know what? This this old uh, she's not into this gay pride well, stuff. And I, I, I give her credit because if she would have shown up and said, "Look, I, I'm I'm here to play, but I'm not going to participate in that," it would have put the national team on the spot in, in a big way. I thought she was very gracious the way she handled it, and, and that's why I hope and, in the future it doesn't cost her. And wouldn't the inclusive uh, thing be? The tolerant thing be to to accommodate her and say, you know what? Yes, absolutely. Okay, it would be. but they won't do it. No, no. Well, at, at any rate, she took that decision out of their hands, and, and now I'm sorry she did. Yeah. That is the king of old school, John Steigerwald. I'm Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. The cream comes to the top. I feel like I'm just bubbling over. You wear pants while you're on the air because I wouldn't. Who told you? The X at 105.9. Oh, wait, this isn't a segment that opens with music. Losing track of time. Thanks to Stag for joining me. I still can't get over that, that loss last night for the Pirates of St. Louis. And Stag brought up uh, a point that I was thinking before he said it, which is Vasquez said he had forearm tightness, but he, but he was okay. The way he threw last night, I don't think he's okay. He blows the ball by people, and he couldn't do it last night at all. That's one that they would have said to Cervelli, how's he throwing? Cervelli could have said, I don't know, I'll let you know when I catch one. I mean, St. Louis just lit him up like a downtown Christmas tree. So maybe there is a, a, an arm problem there of some significance, and I would certainly check on that because Vasquez didn't look like himself. Even worse, he didn't look like Rivero. You know, I forget who, but somebody tweeted the stats from when he was Rivero compared to when he's Vasquez, and his ERA is like over a run higher. I mean, it looked like batting practice for St. Louis uh, against Vasquez last night. So water's finding its own level. The Pirates are now 29-27 and 27 and six and a half games out of first. But like Stag said, you know it, I know it, they know it, they're going nowhere. They're not going to get a wild card. I doubt they'll even stay in contention. I think the events of this week, namely being emasculated by the Cubs and Rizzo, and then falling apart last night, I, I think that has the Pirates up down for the count. Not that they'll quit, but they're just not going to contend. They're just not. I, I mean, they're already in fourth place in the division. and, and uh, Maybe they'll stay in, like, mathematically. 
Maybe they'll tease you with numbers in the wild card standings because that's what the wild card is designed to do. The, the, the extra wild card, the second one. They added that to keep as many teams in the race for a wild card as long as possible. But they're not going to get there. I think that they know that, and I'm anxious to see uh, how they act in terms of player procurement and uh, who they trade away between now and the deadline. I think we all know what's going to happen, but uh, it sure is going to be fun to see it unfold, ain't it? Let's go to Jeff in Bethel Park. Jeff, you're on with Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. I want to comment on that J.R. Smith debacle. So I don't know if his story changed at all throughout the course of the day, but I believe the last I saw, he claimed that he did know what the score is, which clearly he did not. But if he did, and then why do you go out to half court with the ball? Is it, I'm thinking about this. Is this one of those situations where there's literally nothing he could have said to seem like less of an idiot than he is? He should have admitted that he didn't know what the score was. That's what he should have done. And just taking it on the chin. Especially with, I'm surprised he didn't literally, from LeBron. LeBron <laughs> was pissed. LeBron pointing him back toward the basket. There's all those yeah. pictures circulating LeBron with this just look of outrage. Yeah. Wait till LeBron goes to Philadelphia and J.R. Smith signs there too. LeBron be pissed. Let's go to Seth and Harmer. Seth, you're on with these super genius. Good day, sir. Right. Uh, just had a thought about Sean Rodriguez. You know how it seems like in baseball, certain managers, it may be all of them, I don't know, they have one or two guys that are, you know, their guy. Like if you think about the Cubs, Joe Madden's guy is basically Ben Zobrist. He played for him a long time. Ben Zobrist was a World Series MVP. No, I, I know that. You're comparing Sean Rodriguez to Ben Zobrist? You know who no, I'd compare no, no. Sean Rodriguez to? No, John not Wayner. At not at all. Um, John Wayner with Jim Leland, maybe. Although, John Wayner played according to his roster spot. He didn't get as much playing time as, as Rodriguez. And John Wayner never had seasons as bad. In fact, John Wayner, I mean, with him, Wes was more, but he never hit 174. I can tell you that for sure. All right, to, to keep it sucky then, like the, the 06 Pirates, Jim Tracy came over from the Dodgers. He had guys you probably wouldn't have even have heard of, like a Cesar as tourist or a Mike Edwards. They were like utility guys. They played multiple positions. He brought them over to Pittsburgh, so I'm just wondering if Sean Rod is just one of her. I, I, I don't of- know, and I don't know if it matters when you're that bad. Thank you for the call. Okay, I got John Wayner's stats up. Actually, Wayner did hit his last year. He hit 196. The year before that, he hit 300. And the year before that, he hit 185. But here's the key. For the last five years of his career, the most played appearances John Wayne ever had were 96. That's how you use Sean Rodriguez if you're going to have him on the team at all. In fact, the most played appearances uh, Wayne ever had in a season were 149. That was on the 1996 Pirates. So, uh... And Wainer had a heck of a career. I'm not putting him down. But he was a guy who was in a certain role, and his manager, which was mostly Jim Leland, didn't try to extend him past that role. Let's go to Kenny and Turtle Creek. Kenny, you're on with Double M. Hello, Mark. What's up? Yes, the... It's so frustrating. I was working last night, 
and I was watching the game in the ninth inning, and Cervelli hits the home run, and you think it's, wow, oh, my God, what a moment. This will turn the season around. This will be great. Yeah, I, I didn't think that. You didn't think that, really? No, I didn't. Wow. To come back to that grand slam, oh, my God, it was so demoralizing. Yeah, I felt fine. I was okay. Yep, I was all right. Thank you for the call. No, not demoralized at all. Not like when Liverpool lost to Madrid. Because Liverpool had a chance. The Pirates this season, let's be honest, we were pretending all along. How about Wainer hit the final home run and recorded the final out in the history of Three River Stadium? And I love Rock. Great guy. Great, great color guy. Won the world championship with Florida. That Leland team in 97. And how about this? Played a major league record that still stands, MLB record, 99 consecutive games without an error at third base. Last night, Sean Rodriguez played one inning at third base, and he made an error. So not quite uh, up to the standards of John Wayner. Let's go to Kurt in the car. Kurt, you're on with the super genius. Well, Mark? Right. Hey, I just had a comment on that girl who doesn't want to play with uh, play for the U.S. Women's National Team. Right, Jaylene Hinkle. Yeah, it's admirable that she's sticking to her guns and her beliefs. But Megan Rapino is the leader of that team in the locker room and on the field. Yep. Megan Rapino is gay. Okay. So what does that do to the chemistry if that girl gets up, or is that girl ever going to get called up again? I think it matters Rapinoe. who the best players are, and if Jaylene Hinkle's one of the best players, she should not be penalized in the future for sticking to her beliefs now. Rapina is also known to be a little volatile when it comes to defending her lifestyle. She's old and she'll be done soon, and it won't matter. All right. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's been a great player and a great captain, but this should be about who the best soccer players are. And as long as Hinkle doesn't go in there and disrupt the locker room by espousing her beliefs and by being homophobic, which and, and the stuff she said in discussing her decision, she was on the 700 Club, and that's funny. Yeah. We're not at all homophobic. She just said, these are my beliefs. She's allowed to have those beliefs, okay? I don't agree with them, but she's allowed to have them. I don't agree with them either. I just wonder how the locker room is going to affect, because there's other gay players on the team, too. Is you that think? Cause a, I mean, yes, they're going to cause a conflict. I, I, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Don't, don't forget, tolerance means tolerance. Uh, Jaylene Hinkle's not being intolerant. If she's being intolerant, she's been on the team before. She would have refused to play just because there were gay players on the team. She just doesn't want her name attached to celebrating LBGTQ rights. Up next, Bob McLaughlin, 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. How you doing today, honey? Really good, sweetheart. Borderline violent. Very noisy. Absolutely beautiful. The X at 105.9. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, was last night the final nail in the Pirates' coffin this year as regards contending? Uh, I know they're only a couple games out of a wild card right now, but between being emasculated by Anthony Rizzo and blowing that game last night, it just feels bad. Yeah, it does, um, and especially with June's schedule coming up, Mark, this is not the month that they're going to be able 
you know, to go up against a bunch of lower teams than them and really make a move or try to keep their head above water. I mean, they got the Cards now. They got the Dodgers, the Cubs again, D-backs. They get a little series with the Reds near the end of June. Then it's Brewers, D-backs again. You don't make a move the way they're playing against that schedule. And the power seems to have gone away. A little bit of power last night, but not what they had earlier in the season. And all sorts of starting pitching and bullpen problems. Well, they don't have a ton of power in the first place, Bob. And some of their power is underachieved. Like, Josh Bell has, what, just three home runs? And don't get me wrong, I think he's hitting the ball fairly well, but you're, you're kind of on him for power, mm-hmm. and he's not delivered that. Uh, Polanco hit a ton of home runs early, and and not since then. Austin Meadows has added a bit. But really, that, that lineup in general doesn't have much much home run power anyway. No, but when they started the season out, you know, one of the reasons they got off to such a fast start is because you were getting some power from places you weren't expected to. They were knocking the ball all over the place. That's really cooled off. And now you've got, you know, bullpen problems like you had last night. Um, you still have questions all through the starting rotation. And it, it's going to be tough the way they're slipping right now. If they're trying to stay in the wild card hunt, Mark, uh, it really, really looks tough for them. Um, what's your take on my take about Sean Rodriguez? Uh, hit 174, but he started 20 of their 56 games. Bob, is it just me or is that absurd? Well, Every manager might have their guy. There will be. Um, you know, you've talked about Dan Bilesma and Craig Adams in the past. Maybe that's what we're looking like right here. You know, it's just. Yeah, but Craig Adams never got elevated above the fourth line, Bob. Sean Rodriguez has started 20 out of 56 games and appeared in 41. That's too many for a guy hitting 174. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And the way I know that that's right is because as soon as you put that tweet up today, Scott Paulson liked it right away and retweeted it. He's a baseball guy. He is a baseball guy, and I know he's sitting at home stewing over the same exact thing when he trots out onto the field in uniform. Scott probably says, what the hell is going on here? Plus, Mark, for 5.75 mil. You've got to be able to... Well, they never should have reacquired that contract from Atlanta. They let him go to Atlanta because they didn't want to spend that kind of money. Then Atlanta pays him, so they get him right back with that absurd contract. Yeah, look, he is... You were right with one thing about John Steigerwald talking. He is a crowd favorite for some reason here in Pittsburgh. I don't know what it is, but... Because Pittsburgh stinks and so does he. Well, (laughs) okay. That's reason one, then. Well, I, I just I I, I I can't explain it either. I just read the stats from John Wayner when he played for Pittsburgh and Florida and on better teams than this Pirates team, and he like got you know seventy plate appearances a year. If that's your twenty fifth guy, then then play him accordingly. But but he just wants everybody to be happy with their lot on the Pirates. And I'll tell you what, I I can't help but wonder if making sure everybody's happy got under the skin of guys like McCutcheon and Cole. And we're part of that disconnect between those players and Hurdle last year. Yeah, maybe you're right about that. Maybe that is the number one reason. We talked about it a little bit the other day, Mark. I think that that's the way he likes to manage. That's the way he wants to run his clubhouse. Um, And it's to a fault right now because you have to be able to find somebody cheaper to do what Sean Rodriguez is doing right now because that's way too much money uh, to pay a player like that. Bob, what's your take on the soccer story we've been discussing? And not got a lot of feedback on, like, one phone call, which is how shallow the listeners are. Who's going to be the backup quarterback? The phone rings off the hook. <laughs> uh, Jalen Hinkle, Jaylene Hinkle, got caught up to the women's uh, U.S. soccer team. And she declined participation because this month they're wearing 
rainbow logos and numbers on their kits to highlight the LGBTQ cause because June is Pride Month. Uh, I, I I see her point. I see their point in you know wearing the rainbow stuff. I can't say who's right and wrong. It really is an impasse, isn't it? Well, no, I agree with you on that. There is no bad person here. There is no loser or winner in this argument. And I do like the way that she handled it. I mean, she did that 700. She could have put them on the spot. She could have showed up and said, hey, I'm not wearing that. Absolutely. I mean, this interview was done almost a year ago, correct? The way I see it. And she was not militant about it. She didn't toot her own horn. Oh, is that an old interview? I didn't know that. Well, no, the announcement. Like She made this announcement last year when she was asked to come up on the 700 Club. It stayed quiet for all this time. Oh, oh, oh yeah, she did not talk specifically about turning the U.S. team down, but that, that applies now, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, she wasn't militant about it. She didn't try and put anybody on the spot. Do, or, do you think it'll cost her future opportunities? No, I don't. I don't, because in looking at some of the stories right now, Mark, she um, she plays on a team right now in the North American Soccer League or something. No, the National Women's Soccer League. And the National, I'm sorry, National Women's Soccer League. She got booed by fans at Portland. Right. You know, which, which is ridiculous. Well, there are some other players that have played with her that live that type of lifestyle, and they said, look, I was friends with her before I found this out. She's always been nice to me. I yeah. don't have a problem with her stand. And I think that in her way, you guys talked about tolerance with John Steigerwald. I think that that's her way being tolerant about it, saying, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but this is my conviction, and I'm entitled to it. I, I have no problem with what she did, and if she is uh... – if it costs her future U.S. national team opportunities, then we do have a bad guy. There doesn't seem and to be it won't any. Be her. There doesn't seem to be any hatred behind it; just a difference of opinion. Yeah, but but um, we had a caller bring up a good point. You know, Megan Rapino, who's the captain, is pretty militant. Oh yeah, but I don't think she's going to be there a lot longer anyway. I don't know. Maybe it just blows over. I'm Mark Madden. That's Bob McLaughlin. Uh. I'm going to keep making fun of Sean Rodriguez. That's up next here on 105.9 The X.